You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. Both Elizabeth and Mary would, for for Luke's listeners, again, call to mind these ancient stories of courageous and even scandalous feminine liberation on behalf of oppressed people. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 400. Our title this week is The Feminist Liberation of Advent, and our reading is from Luke 1, 39 through 55, and I've chosen to quote uh, Reverend Dr. Will Gaffney's translation and her wonderful contribution to the church, A Woman's Lectionary for the Whole Church Year W. Uh, she translates, this is from page six, Mary set out in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a Judean town. There she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Now when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. From where does the visit come to me, that the mother of my sovereign comes to me? Look, as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting in my ear, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by the Holy One. And then on page 8 through 9, it reads, And Mary replies, My soul magnifies the Holy One, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked with favor on the lowliness of God's own womb slave. Surely from now on, now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God's loving kindness is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown the strength of God's own arm. God has scattered the arrogant in the intent of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lonely. God has filled the Hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's own child, Israel, a memorial to God's mercy, just as God said to our mothers and fathers, to Hagar and Sarah and Abraham, to their descendants forever. So those who heard Luke's narrative in the very beginning and were familiar with the stories of the Hebrew scriptures, they would have recognized Elizabeth's greeting as an echo of earlier Jewish narratives. In Judges 5.24, it reads, Most blessed of women, Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, most blessed of tent-dwelling women. And they would have heard an echo of Judah 13.18. Then Uzziah said to her, Blessed are you, daughter, by the Most High God, above all the women on the earth. Blessed be the Lord God, the Creator of heaven and earth, who guided your blow at the head of the leader of our enemies. Your deed of hope will never be forgotten by those who recall the might of God. So the first quote about Jael is from the story of of Deborah. She was a prophetess and a judge. And in the book of Judges, Deborah tells Barak, who is a military commander, to assemble forces and and uh, and to go to battle 
against Sisera, who was the commander of the army of King Jabin of Canaan. And Jabin in Judges 4.3 says, had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, and, and the Israelites cried to the Lord for help. So Barak tells Deborah that he will not only, he will only go forth uh, as she has uh, commanded him, that it, he'll only do that if she goes with him. And she agrees, but then replies, because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. When Sisera escapes the battle, he flees on foot, he hides in the tent of, of Jael, and the wife, uh, remember Jael's the wife of Heber, and then he he makes the mistake um, uh, of judging that Jael is a neutral party in the battle. And 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 Jael then seduces Sisera uh, only to drive a, t- a stake through his temple while he sleeps. He was, he's exhausted. So Jael ushers Barak then uh, into her tent after the deed is done to, to, to behold the, the gruesome scene. And the Song of Deborah memorializes this story. This is from Judges 5, 24 through 27. The Song of Deborah, it says, Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she bought him, brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead. So, so, so this is a violent and a blood from oppression by the hands of a woman. Medieval images of Jael, they they often depict her as a prefiguration of, of Mary, the mother of Jesus through whom liberation would also come. So the second reference, though, is from a, a deuterocanonical Deutero, book of, of Judith. And it, it's found in the Septuagint, but it tells the story of, of Judith, who is a, a courageous and a, a beautiful Jewish widow. Judith uses her beauty and her power of seduction to destroy the Assyrian general um, Holofernes, and, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, but to, to, to liberate her people from uh, that oppression. In Judith 10, we read, she removed the the sackcloth that she had been wearing. She took off her widow's garments, bathed her body with water, and anointed herself with precious ointment. She combed her hair, put on a tiara, and dressed herself in the festive attire that she used to wear while her husband Manasseh was living. She put sandals on her feet and put her anklets and bracelets and rings and earrings and all her other jewelry on. Then she made her herself very beautiful to entice the eyes of all the men who might see her. When Judith was captured, in, in, in chapter 10, 12 through 13, it reads, when Judith is captured by Holofernes' patrol, um, she tells them, I am a daughter of the Hebrews, but I am fleeing from them. For they are about to be handed over to you to be devoured. I am on my way to see Holofernes, the, the commander of your army, to give him a true report. I will show him a way by which he can go and capture all the hill country without losing one of his men captured or slain. And and her beauty in the story distracts them. They, they end up taking her to Holofernes, who, who hears her tale and, and welcomes her. In chapter 11, 20-23, it reads, her words pleased Holofernes 
Jabez and all his servants. They marveled at her wisdom and said, No other woman from one end of the earth to the other looks so beautiful or speaks so wisely. You are not only beautiful in appearance, but wise in speech. And so Holofernes holds a private banquet, and he intends to actually have sex with Judith afterwards. She gets him so drunk, though, that late in the night, while he's passed out and she's alone with him, Judith stands beside Holofernes's bed and prays in chapter 13, 4, O oh Lord God of all might, look in this hour on the work of my hands for the exaltation of Jerusalem. She then takes down Holofernes's sword, which hung on his bedpost, and she ta- decapitates him in two blows. Again, this is another violent, bloody story of liberation from oppression by the hands of women. So, in this week's reading, there are passages here in this narrative that are that are almost direct quotes. They're lifted from the praise that was in the Hebrew stories of these two um, women liberators. So, so we read of, of Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And both Elizabeth and Mary would, for, for Luke's listeners, again, call to mind these ancient stories of courageous and even scandalous feminine liberation on behalf of oppressed people. Elizabeth's story is of a life that is miraculously conceived in her, though she's past childbearing years. And this is a common theme in Hebrew liberation narratives of, of liberation, including Hannah with Samuel and, and Samson's mother with Samson. Uh, Elizabeth's miracle will prepare the way of liberation for people in, in hopeless oppression. Hers is a child who will proclaim hope in the face of impossibilities, just like her conception. But, but Mary's story, on the other hand, it's not one of life being created where it's impossible. Her story, like Jael's and Judith's, is much more sexually scandalous. The life that's growing in her was conceived before she and Joseph were joined in marriage. And that life, it's not going to prepare for, for liberation like John's will. This life will tell the story of the way of liberation itself. The, the, the scandal of Jesus's conception with all its surrounding questions. Throughout the story, it will eventually climax in the scandal of women once again, some 30 years later, testifying to the scandal of an empty tomb. These narratives aren't perfect. In the ancient stories, it's the women who who do the liberating. In the Christmas narratives, uh, women now give birth to to sons who are are conduits of liberation. And the the ancient stories they may have been might have been written in a much less patriarchal time than the stories in our gospels. I don't I don't know. But still, this week's reading is not about John or Jesus. The reading is about Elizabeth and and Mary, these women who raised these two men and who shaped them. So with all this in mind, let's go back and reread Mary's Magnificat as translated by Reverend Will uh, Gaffney. It says, My soul magnifies the Holy One, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked with favor on the lowliness of God's own womb slave. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and His and holy is God's name. 
God's loving kindness is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown the strength of God's own arm. God has scattered the arrogant in the intent of their hearts and has brought down the powerful from their thrones, lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's own child, Israel, a memorial to God's mercy, just as God said to our mothers and fathers, to Hagar and Sarah and Abraham, to their descendants forever. One of Advent's loudest themes is that liberation, salvation, change, it comes from the bottom up, from the outside edges in, and and from those in more marginalized social locations. And that's what we're being reminded of this week in these feminist liberation themes, this, this focus on JL and on Judith and on Elizabeth and on Mary. In the economy uh, or the reign of God or, or of this gospel, it's the hungry, remember, that are filled with good things. It's the lowly who are lifted up. The arrogant, those are the ones that are scattered. The powerful and the privileged, they're brought down. The rich, they're the ones sent away empty while Mary and Elizabeth are given these children. As we look around at our world today, uh, at our societies, at our communities, the the way of liberation or change of a more just society, it may seem as impossible as Elizabeth's story. Dare we choose to be people who hope in the face of apparent impossibilities? And some may also deem um, this liberation as scandalous, as scandalous as, as Mary's conception, as scandalous as the actions of, of Judith and Jael, um, scandalous in its inclusion, scandalous in its outspokenness, uh, scandalous in its brazenness. During this time of Advent, and always, uh, this is the kind of life and work that we're called to be about? Dare we choose to be people of the scandalous gospel of Jesus? Heart Group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, on this last weekend of Advent, how are our stories, uh, speaking of, of liberation and change and societal justice, alongside of and in harmony with these, these ancient stories? And discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.